Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew. Amanda Gorman, from her poem, The Hill We Climb. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by my friend, Andre Hadley Mariah. Andre and I met several years ago while serving on our town's one book committee. And now Andre, a native Thomasvillian, community leader, licensed professional counselor, and Rotarian, can add one more title to her list, author. Andre's new collection of poetry, The Songs I Could Not Sing, released a couple of weeks ago. And since April is National Poetry Month, I wanted to talk with Andre not only about her book and her writing process, but about the beautiful and lasting power of poetry. Welcome, Andre. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Okay, so first I wanted us, before we kind of talk about your book specifically, I wanted to talk about poetry and I wanted to talk about your favorite poets because your book is kind of this beautiful collection of a wide range of poetry. (laughs) You cover a lot of territory and we're going to talk about that, but I want to know kind of who inspires you. So who are your favorite poets over the course of your life? Has there been a poem or have there been poems that have really touched you or brought you comfort? Yes. (laughs) I started reading poetry probably in the seventh grade. I had an awesome English teacher. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they were, and just not only her, but the the teachers were very, very demanding that we learned different poets. Uh So we started out with William Walsworth. Okay. My heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. <laughs> These were the things that we were taught. Uh-huh. Then we went to Gray's Elegy, written in a country churchyard. We had to remember that. And then I thought about the old man in the sea. Oh, these, yeah. are the, now, these are not poets. These are writers. Right. But these were the ones which started me out in poetry. Uh-huh. Then we had to read Moby Dick. Yes. But for me, it started out with... Gwendolyn Brooks. Okay. She was the first poet that I was introduced to. Yeah. But I did not start to really get into poetry until Langston Hughes Mm. started writing, and I was really drawn to him. And then as I began to journey into reading, I became fascinated with Khalil Gibran. He has to be my favorite poet. Oh, I have everything that he has ever written. Oh, wow. And as a result, my Bible Mm -hmm. in in poetry Mm -hmm. is the prophet. Okay. I know almost everything in that book. And I think that because my childhood was so, I guess, troubled Mm -hmm. early on, Uh that I I learned from him. And I thought about what children should be. Uh And one of the ones he wrote was on children. And it starts out by saying, your children are not your children. They are the sons and the daughters of life longing for itself. They come through you, but they're not of you. And though they be with you, they don't belong to you. You can give them your heart, but not, you can give them your love, but not your heart. They Uh have their own heart. You can house their bodies, but not their souls. But their souls dwell in a place tomorrow where you cannot visit, not even your dreams. And you can strive to be like them, but you can't make them like you. 
Mm-hmm. That ate me up. <laughs> it is a thing that uh, Sweet Honey in the Rock is a music group, and they uh-huh. made a music to that. Okay. And I taught it to my children, and it was just like, this is what life should be about. Uh-huh. And then I moved on to Walter Whittle. This is the one in ninth, eighth grade. I think that it's all in the state of mind. If you think you're beating, you are. If you think you dare not, you won't. If you like to win, but think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. Mm. If you think you'll lose, you've lost. Mm-hmm. Out in the world, you'll find success begins with the well, fellow's will. <laughs> it's all in the state of mind. Those were the kinds of poems that centered me yeah. on Focusing on what it is that I really want to be, what it, what it is I really want to do in the world. Uh-huh. And then Edgar Guest. I was uh-huh. raised in a very religious f- family, and it was like sermons you see uh-huh. by Edgar Guest. I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. <laughs> I'd rather one walk with me than merely show the way. The eyes of the other pupil are more willing than the ear. Uh-huh. Find counsel is confusing, but examples are always clear. Uh-huh. And those were the kinds of things that helped me along the way. Those were the poems that kept me centered, uh-huh. and I think I love them the most. That kept you grounded. Yes, it did. I love that. And I love how they took you through the years. It did. They did. They 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 took you along. So I started the episode by reading a line from Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb, which is the poem she read at the inauguration. And so many of us, January, well, we've had a rough year. Let's be let's be honest. It's been a hard 12 months. Yes, it has. Um, But I felt like on inauguration day, maybe no matter how you were feeling that day, when Amanda Gorman stood up and began reciting and really performing her beautiful poem, it felt like we all were united there with her. We were listening. We were moved. We were touched. We were in awe. We were impressed. And I wondered, I just wanted to know, and even you sitting here reciting poetry to me is very moving (laughs) to me. I love it. Um, And it does something to me. It, It Art moves me. And so I wondered, what do you think it is about poetry in particular? Because I love books. I love, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love prose and chapters and sentences, but what is it about poetry that has the power to move us? And it felt like when Amanda Gorman was leading us and, and saying those words over us, it felt like they had the power to save us. I think poetry speaks to our spirit and our soul. Mm. It's the voice that has been unspoken. Mm. It it addresses the pain that we've never spoke about. Mm. It frees us to feel and to be who we are in the moment. Mm. That's what poetry does. Mm. It answers all of the questions in our souls that we dare not speak because we don't want to be not accepted. Mm -hmm. And it speaks truth. And I think it speaks life. Mm -hmm. And I think that Amanda that day spoke truth Mm -hmm. and she spoke life. Mm -hmm. And she said, if only we can see the good in ourselves, if we only be the light, Mm -hmm. then we can make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And because our society right now is so clouded with anger, bitterness, and resentment, Mm -hmm. she took a moment Mm -hmm. to grab us. Mm Yeah. And to make us think about why are we really here? Yes. And I think that speaks to why poetry does what it does. Mm, I think she did that so beautifully. And I think you're absolutely right. Like it's it's this kind of unspoken. And the title of your book is The Songs I, I Could Not Sing. Think. And it's this idea that somehow, and we talk about this at the bookshelf a lot, that books have the power, in my opinion, to let us have conversations that we might not normally have. Like books kind of calm us down mm-hmm. a little bit and they can they can make us have conversations that we might not be able to safely have yes. if we didn't have a book at the center. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if poetry 
is this ability, like you said, to kind of pull out in us and maybe to say things that we haven't been able to say before because it's so poetic and different and mysterious. And also it speaks to our likeness Mm -hmm. and also our differences. Yeah. And we can talk at something Mm. when we can't talk to each other. Mm. We can speak to, well, I think this, or well, the facts are this, our literature says this, but the history says this. And then so it removes us somewhat to a safe environment where we can have uncomfortable conversations. It feels a little less personal. Yes. Takes us out of it Mm -hmm. a little bit. Then since we're kind of talking about this, I think this kind of leads into as you began Mm -hmm. to write the story of your life, Mm -hmm. why did you choose poetry? It was my first love. Mm -hmm. Poetry was my first love. And when I began to sing, Mm -hmm. I portrayed Mohaya Jackson. Mm -hmm. And because of her life and song at that time, I had to act it out and then I had to sing. I realized that, hey, this is something I can do. And I would write my thoughts down, but I was too afraid to, to talk about them. Mm. And I thought that, you know, I'm a singer. Mm-hmm. And as a singer, you tell stories. Mm. And we are taught in music, and especially in opera workshops, mm-hmm. to dramatize or to express ourselves when we're singing a note. Or if it's a bird that is flying, your voice is to articulate the mm. flight that people can feel it. It's theater. It's theater. So mm-hmm. as a result of that, I thought this is how I can tell my truth. Mm. I can use poetry because in my work with kids, Mm -hmm. I've always asked if there was a problem with anger, I would ask the kid, if you could wear your anger, how heavy would it be? That's a hundred pounds. I said, how does that feel in your tummy? It feels like I have five kids in there. (laughs) And so we would go from that to, to release the feelings because it's something that is not going to upset anyone. Mm-hmm. So poetry for me was a way of I can express myself. I, it, one of my poems said, I can hide my feelings there. I can hate my mother there. Mm-hmm. It's a safe place where I can speak my truth mm-hmm. and then not really be judged by it. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I felt that writing was the best outlet. And you know, when you look at it over and over again, it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, that's that felt good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a release. And, and then you get scared. Well, I'm not sure I want to Put that out there. <laughs> it's dangerous, but it's the truth. Yes. And it's a release. It's a release that once it's out, you can say, <sighs> and so for me, that was what I felt when I would write. So what took you from maybe writing as catharsis or release? And then what inspired you to publish it? Because those are very different okay, things. Two things. <laughs> two things. I In 2013, I, I did a one-woman show at the Center for the Arts. Okay. And it was entitled The Songs I Could Not Sing. Okay. And what I'd done is I had music and poetry, the poetry that I had written. I took a leadership course from Jack, um, Jack's Hanfields. Okay. It was a leadership course. And one of the things that we had to do, we had to do mapping. Okay. What was one of the things that you wanted to do that you've never done? Okay. And I wanted to do, I wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I was at a point that I was ready to sing mm-hmm. and I was ready to share my poetry. To sing publicly. Publicly. Uh-huh. So my, my, to graduate from that course, uh-huh. I had to do it. Wow. So the results of that was the one woman show. Okay. And I thought that this is the way, this is the way for me to do it. And I'm not sure I'm answering your question. No, you are. But I think that that's what made me want to do mm-hmm. the book because I had the stories. But the second to that was COVID. <laughs> I had a bad hip. Uh-huh. I was locked in the house. Uh-huh. And I do believe in self-care. Uh-huh. 
And I had to do something. Walter is like my husband. He's like, you can't go this. You can't do this. So as we got the sign on the door, everybody has COVID. Don't come in. And so as a result of that, I will, uh, my personal coach, uh-huh. uh, Rick Sherrell, he said, Andre, you, you, you come and work out. We talk all the time. Write the book. Just finish the book. And I had been talking about this for the last 15 years Mm -hmm. that I wanted to write a book and I would speak life to it when I'm giving workshops. I got this book, but by God, it's time to do it. So by locked in in the house, (laughs) not able to go anywhere, I sat down and finished the book. I I love that because I think we are a year or so out from COVID or, you know, from the starting point of the pandemic. And a lot of us are feeling like, what good has come from this? Yes. Like, it is it, it is so long. Yes. I'm so tired. I'm, and it's nice. I am so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> and it's so nice to hear, but wait, beauty can come from this. Yes. And mm-hmm. I love, because I've heard, I've been hearing you talk about your book yes. for a long time. It's, We've yep, talked about we it. We have. And so it's really nice. I, when you called, I think you called the bookshop and you said, I'm, it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. And mm-hmm. I thought. What? This is so exciting. (laughs) And so I'm glad to know that COVID kind of poked. It did. And kind of prodded uh, when maybe you needed it. Um, Okay, so there are ways you brought me your book right mm-hmm. and you brought it to the bookshelf and i'm standing at the register you know minding my own business <laughs> and, you, and you bring me this book and i flip through it because it's beautiful Thank it you. is a really beautiful it's a work of art in itself it's filled with your pictures mm-hmm. that you took and your poetry and your story and your words and all of a sudden i'm reading and i'm getting tearful yes it's very moving <laughs> And not only is it moving, but some of it is hard. I think you used the word dangerous earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, it's painful. Mm-hmm. and I'm, It's not for the faint. It is not for the faint of heart. And so I want to know, I guess my question is twofold. Okay. Why is it important for you to share that part of you? Why, why are you trusting us with that? Well, first of all, in my work as a therapist, secrets have always been the things that have kept people sick. Mm. I've had clients who have killed themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had cutters Mm -hmm. because of pain. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've used portions of my story with kids who had issues with anger and resentment. Mm -hmm. And I would give them, will you come home with me? That not knowing. Mm -hmm. And I would break them up into groups Mm -hmm. and I would have them to take the story and tell it one group had to act it out. One group had, and when they came back together and we debriefed, mm-hmm. they would talk about how angry they were with their parents, how angry they were with their brother, and how difficult it was for their parents to accept their friends. And and I thought to myself, you know what? If we can free our kids mm-hmm. to be who they are, mm-hmm. and for our parents to accept and realize that they have a voice mm-hmm. and that they need to listen, why not share my story? Mm-hmm. And in our debriefing, we have three things I ask kids. What's been hard about it? Mm-hmm. What's what's on top? Mm-hmm. What's been hard and what makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Those were the three questions that we, what I call feedback mm-hmm. or your takeaway. And I also participate in that. And as a result of that, I said, well, that little girl was me. And they would they couldn't pronounce my name most of the time. Miss Rye? Miss Rye? That was you? Oh, we talked so bad about your mom. And, and, and the things were, hey, but look what came out of that. Mm. You wrote a beautiful piece. Mm. Or if you could write your life over, what would you, how would it be? And I had a little boy mm-hmm. who was about seven years old. He could not spell, mm-hmm. but he put himself in a totally different world. Mm-hmm. Now, at seven years old, Somebody's missing that. Mm-hmm. 
And so I never do therapy with kids without family. So I don't have many clients because if you don't buy in, right. I'm not going to serve your kid because you're putting them back in a bad situation. Right. So as a result of that, I felt that it was time for me to show the world who I am. Mm-hmm. It has not been easy, mm-hmm. but it has not been bad. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful family. Life happened mm-hmm. and we lost it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the takeaway for my sister was drugs that mm-hmm. I ended up rearing her kids. Mm-hmm. For my brother, I'll never come to Thomasville again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very successful. Mm-hmm. But the but what happens to families sometimes mm-hmm. because of secrets or how we make our kids participate in things they aren't even interested in. Yeah. To keep a family name. Yeah. Or to give a appearance that we are what we aren't. Yes. That we need to come to terms with the damage that we're doing to ourselves. We don't own who we are mm-hmm. and the damage that we can do to our children. Mm-hmm. So see me, mm-hmm. see Andre, mm-hmm. see that I overcame a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm still an overcomer, mm-hmm. but I believe that if we speak truth yeah. and we are honest with ourselves, we can heal. And you'll be amazed at the things that people are saying to me about the book. Of course, I can't see it because I wrote it. <laughs> but they're saying, I mean, if you go to my Facebook page, the little girl last night, she was with her mommy on the bed. If you go to my page, you see her okay. trying to read. I sing, but she came. And what she heard was me singing in portrait. And she had the book in her hand uh-huh. and she's trying to save my family and I sing. That Aww. kid is four, but something happened Saturday. Right, she picked up on She something. picked up on something and her mother sent the clip and put it on Facebook and I cried. Uh, of course. So I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, if I tell my story, now some people read it for gossip, some people will read it for therapy, yeah. and some people will read it from the healing that I'm getting. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Uh, dreaming new beginnings, new beginnings again. Somebody wrote this, Andre, I just really needed that. Mm. Uh, I have tried to tell my story to myself, and every time I write, I tear the pages out. Mm. That's what I want to get. I love if I can that. get that, I'm okay. And I real so I like that what you're saying too is what other people do with it is not up to you. Mm-mm. And so you are saying if some people read it for gossip, well, that's, that's on them. That's right. That's on them. Mm-hmm. And But you know that good could come of it. But what's most important is that you told your story. Exactly. You told your story. So my other question, and we talk about this at the bookshelf a lot, um, is there is dark literature, right? Yes. Or dark poetry right, right, or, right. or dark <sighs> memoirs because, mm-hmm. because the world can be dark the and dark scary. And why in a world that is so dark, a lot of people, a lot of people want to read for escape, right? They want to read something fun. And, light. and I think that's fine. Um, <laughs> but why is it important too for people sometimes to read things that are hard or scary? I truly believe that people are searching. Mm. I do believe that, and I think I said something said something Saturday too, that we're all broken. Mm. But the writer says that we're made stronger at the broken places. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that when we get to a point that we are searching, the kid that's I said the kid because I'm older, but the young person who sits with the martini in the evening uh-huh. and he picks up the book, uh-huh. that is an escape. Uh-huh. But something is going to be read that makes them think of something they need to let go of. Mm. See, resentment in, in the search for peace, I think we're all looking for mm. to release from that. Yeah. And I think that we're trying to escape as best we can. I've been contacted by several women who said, you know what, Andre, these were things that we needed to hear. We need to hear more about that. So Mm -hmm. I said, well, sure, we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are searching for how can I take control of my life? How can I change? How can I can stop being a a woman who does too much? Mm -hmm. How can I slow down? I say, 
this is why we read. Mm -hmm. We read, and it may be something that someone is trying to like. I'm the winner of my life, right? So this is another chapter. Yes, someone is looking for change. Yes, and I think that when we read, we can become inspired. Right, we can become, and I think poetry and books do exactly regardless that. of genre exactly. You're absolutely exactly. Right. yeah absolutely and there's a season for things yes, exactly so sometimes you might read something that's light and fun mm-hmm. because we're in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and maybe that's what you need mm-hmm. um, but sometimes we might read something that's heavier mm-hmm. um so that we can have empathy or so that we can let go of our own heaviness um okay so let me say this yes. for me it's classic radio Okay. I like, like classic. Look, now you, you you talk about other stuff. I love to look at, <laughs> listen to facts, just the facts, ma'am. Uh, I like to hear the horses running on the radio. That's I mean, so this is old radio, but that's me and Walter. Yeah, we enjoy it. We'll we go riding. Uh, I call it my vitamin D ride when yes. I've had a hard day, and then we'll get we're sitting in the car. No people thinking what's wrong with them. <laughs> And we're listening to classic radio. That's my getaway. That's yes. my happy place other than outside. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Everybody has something. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has something. Okay. So we normally on the podcast or when I used to do author events in person, which I hope we get to do one day soon, um, I like to ask a few kind of lightning round questions. Sure. Okay. So what is a classic work of literature you've never read, but you wish you had? Oh. Um. I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. but I've never read Little Women. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've seen the movie over and over and over again, but I've never read Little Women. Oh. And I think that it is uh, it's something that I really need to read. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes, I love yeah. Marmee and Joe. Yeah. I, anybody who yeah. listens to this podcast knows how I feel <laughs> about Little Women. Um, so I won't judge you. <laughs> But I trust me, Walter has it all over. I mean, he has the book and everything. <laughs> okay, and you told me before you before I hit record that this is the first podcast you've it ever is. done. It is. You're doing great. Well, okay. <laughs> um, but do you listen to podcasts? I'm not. Okay, and, I, and what I've said to you is that it's classic radio yes. for me. And I think my reasoning for for not listening is because I've never. I think I started one time and it was really a controversial kind of and I'm and because of my work uh-huh. I, I don't need this in the afternoon <laughs> yeah that makes sense because because of what you're dealing with yeah. all day every day that that you wouldn't yeah and I do think a lot of yeah podcasts are news or yeah. they're yeah reporting or something yeah. like that and you need classic radio with horse hooves in the that's back. right that's right <laughs> but after today I might be listening to podcasts I mean any podcast would be my favorite there you go um, okay this is I'm so curious I love asking people this question um particularly southerners but I think I've asked it of, of non-southerners as well what is your favorite part about life in the south dirt roads Hmm. Oh, that's a great answer. Pine trees mm-hmm. and dirt roads. Mm, I I am just an earth girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a lover of the heavens. Mm-hmm. And the smell of pine trees, mm-hmm. um, the red dirt, mm-hmm. the clay that I played in. Mm-hmm. And I think seafood. Oh, yeah. Being able to get it fresh from the yep. coast. Yep. I don't know anything about canned foods. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. Now, when I went, when I was going north, we could have beans, and I'm like, canned beans? You know, we don't. What? You, who do? Who does this? <laughs> yeah, but I think 
fresh, the freshness of it. Mm. And I went to school in middle Georgia. Be able, and back in the day, we would actually go out into the peach fields and pick peaches and sit out and have fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids party nowadays. <laughs> we we had a party in peach fields. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, going to, there was a place in Fort Valley that, that has this big, huge hole in the ground. And it had the earth of red purple mm. just we called it the canyon being able to look at god's nature mm. and i can't get that anywhere other than in the yeah. south for me it's beautiful it's beautiful other other than washington state when i went there i didn't want to come back uh-huh that <laughs> was your just, that was what could have turned that me away, that turned me away. <laughs> washington state in the mountains and and, and i just fell in love and like walter i don't know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There is something I will say. So I've loved hearing the answers to this question. Some people have said food. Mm-hmm. Some people have said one of my favorite answers was the two finger wave. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that's a very specific, but I love that. Yeah. Um, somebody, you know, said boiled peanuts. Mm-hmm. I think, but I, but I think there is something about you do feel really close to nature here. Oh, yeah, you do really do. Okay, I'm curious about this because Walter is who I see the most. I know, I know, I know. There's a a story about that, though. (laughs) But I want to know, what are you reading right now? I'm reading Just As I Am by Cicely Tyson. Oh, is it good? It is awesome. I've heard it's good. It is awesome. And she was one of those that I didn't get to see. I didn't get to meet. Mm -hmm. I've got a chance to meet quite a few Mm going to the Black Arts Festival in Atlanta and things like that. But she was one um, that I'm reading, and I'm reading again, Pearl Cleage, We Speak Your Names. This was part of the Oprah Winfrey Ball of Legends. Oh, yeah. And she had Pearl Cleage to write that. And it's all the tribute from all the African-American women and what they had provided for me and you and younger women about the strength and we speak the names about them paving the way as African-American women's and what they've done to make it easier for us to go into all these different parts of the industry mm. and so those are the two things I read I'm reading Pearl again okay that sounds good I, I, that, I like the sound of that one and I've been very curious about the Cicely Tyson mm-hmm. one and I meant to tell you too one of the things that Alice Walker, uh-huh. I am a very big fan of hers. Uh-huh. And there's one poem and you must read it because I think it freed me from resentment. And it's called Good Night, Willie Lee. I'll see you in the morning. Okay. It is her mother's last look at her husband okay. and what it did for her, Alice. It is powerful. Okay. I mean, we'll put that in the show notes too so people can listen or can find it too so that they can read it. Andre, this has been delightful. Well, thank you. I wanted, if it was okay with you, to close out with you reading one of your poems. Do you mm. feel comfortable doing that today? Sure, sure. All right. I'd love It'll be the last one in the book. Okay. It said, be still. Okay. It says, winter, water, and waves rock me to the core of my soul. My maker, my creator moves with purpose with its flow. I'm speechless as he calls for me to sit a while and listen closely at his echoing, peaceful call. Be still. Exhale. Renew. No troubles. Be still. Exhale. Renew. Peacefully and gently, he calls. Uh, Andre, that's beautiful. Thank you. Okay, tell people where they can find, they can find the book at the bookshelf. That's the only place I'm going to mention it. (laughs) (laughs) Annie's bookstore. They can find the book at the bookshelf. We'll link to it in the show notes. But you also have a really good website. Thank you. You can meet it. 
You can get it on Amazon as well. Uh-huh. But I prefer Annie's Bookstore. <laughs> Let's keep the money locally. That's right. And um, it's wordspoken.com. Mm-hmm. It's www.wordspoken.com. That's my website. There's a beautiful video on there um, yeah. of you reciting yes. one mm-hmm. part of the poem. It's beautiful. Thank you. So please uh, look up Andre's book. You can get it from the bookshop. You can find her online. Andre, this has been so fun. Thank you for coming <laughs> to From you. the Front Porch. Thank you for having me. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at Bookshelf T-Bill, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes. Or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week. Thank you.